Welcome to Trust Your Coach Gut Podcast, podcast number eight. So this is episode eight, a little different one today. What what I'm going to do is actually play for you an interview I did with with another Catholic U alum, um, and uh, his name is Peter Sonsky, and Peter has a radio show in Connecticut on um, the uh, Veritas Catholic Network, and his show is called The Focus, and it's uh, a weekly interview show and he on the Veritas Catholic Network, and he puts, puts the focus on good works, good news, um, and good folks in Connecticut, New York, and beyond, and um, I'm originally from New York, so that kind of was a connection, and he, he lives in Connecticut, where uh, one of my brothers still lives, and uh, up in New England, and uh, he reached out to me following a article that was written uh, on me about using the four cardinal virtues as some of our leadership training in building better teammates to to train the team. Um, so I was fortunate enough that the backstory on that is one of my former players, a great young man named Joe Bucurus. Joe now writes for the Catholic News Agency. And Joe reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I'm going to pitch this idea to my editors of writing an article on you, Coach Gut, about the season that we use the cardinal virtues, you know, of prudence, justice, temperance, fortitude, uh, you know, use those in some of my leadership training during training camp for the guys to understand how those virtues can help you become a better teammate. And through that, help you become a better football player. Um, and with the point of building a better football team, obviously. So, so Joe wrote the article, it caught a few eyes. And one of them was, was Peter. And he asked if I would be a guest on a show. So that's a long way of me getting to, it's mostly about me talking about, um, you know, a little bit of my background, how that came to be to, cover, you know, to teach those, those cardinal virtues to the guys and a little bit about, um, you know, how I live out my Catholic faith with the team. So it's a little bit, again, on the Catholic side of things, but, uh, I, I, you know, I thought it would be nice for me to promote me a little bit more. And also Peter Sonsky and his show, uh, the focus on Veritas Catholic network. So give a listen and see what you think. Every athlete exercises discipline in every way. They do it to win a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. Thus, I do not run aimlessly. I do not fight as if I were shadow boxing. No, I drive my body and train it for fear that after having preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Those are the words of St. Paul in his first letter to the Corinthians. Greetings and blessings, my friend. I am Peter Sonsky, and this is Focus on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM in Connecticut and New York. Please join us every Friday at 12.30 PM as we focus on people who are living their faith with courage 
with conviction, with confidence. The words I expressed at the top of the show from St. Paul are very fitting for our topic today. We're going to be talking about athletics, and we're going to be talking very specifically about how coaches can influence the lives of their players both on and off the field. My guest today is Coach Mike Gutilius. Mike is a New York native, grew up in the beautiful Hudson Valley, and now is the head football coach at the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. Mike, it's a joy to have you. I'm thrilled to uh, invite the head coach of my alma mater and your alma mater to be a guest on the show. Talk to us about how significant you have found your ability to influence the lives of these young men in your charge, their actions both on and off the field as a head football coach. Peter, thanks for having me on. This is awesome to to get to talk about this stuff. Um, you know, I think from my angle, it's it's. Uh, I go back to when I was a player, and I think how much coaches affect me because I I, I know I'm having an effect on the guys. I. I uh, I see some of their growth in certain areas and I say, okay, that's great. But really, I don't know the depth of it until years later. Um, you know, I've been doing this long enough now to have guys call me up and uh, they're getting married and they want me there or they're, they're having children and they're so excited to talk to me about being a dad and that kind of stuff. And that's when, that's when I know the effect. Sometimes, you know, while they're in the midst of it and playing and they're active at college, they're not really thinking about how deep this stuff is running in them. Um, so, you know, like I said, I go back to when I was playing and I think about how deeply coaches affected me and how important it is for us as coaches to understand that responsibility and to make sure that we temper our language and that we show, you know, persistence and other things like that, because we really are role models for them, even though they might not admit that at the time. I can imagine how much significance, how much um, satisfaction you can take in, in hearing from former athletes as they call you and look to you for either continuing advice or to share some of their, uh, their success stories. It's got to be really meaningful. Tell us a little bit about your, your upbringing. And I know that Catholic is certainly not your first stop in coaching. In fact, I think you've been coaching for a lot longer and have seen a big part of this c- country. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, I, I grew up in New York and um, I went to Catholic University and really was became interested in it um, because I was being recruited there. Uh, so, you know, it was one of the places that wanted me to come play. And that was really exciting. And I spent a little time in D.C. on my visit and and just walking on campus. When you see the Basilica, you're like, oh, wow, you know, this place is, is you mean, you know, it's it's impressive when you're on it. And so I dove right in and had a great experience here. And really, as I said, the coaches helped shape me as well as the curriculum and, and everything else this, this university offers. Um, and after that, I, the field that I was going to go into was, I was studying politics and wasn't really sure 
exactly what that would lead to. Maybe, you know, working for a think tank and, and was doing national defense strategies and, you know, U.S.-Soviet relations. And all of a sudden, while I was in school, the Soviet Union went away. And so I wound up just helping the coaches as I was done playing at Catholic and wound up coaching for a couple of years here. Then I thought maybe I'd be a teacher and coach. So I tried to go coach. Well, I, I tried to teach, but didn't get a teaching job at Georgetown Prep. But I was able to coach at Georgetown Prep right up the road. And then from there, I said, you know what? I really want to do this for a living. So I started moving around the country um, and, you know, moved to the first was St. Norbert College, which was really cool because that's where the Packers used to do their preseason. And, you know, all the ties to Lombardi there are so cool. Um, and then in Southern California, then North Carolina, West Virginia, Kentucky, and then um, wound up back here at Catholic when the position opened for uh, for the head coach position opened. I really just shot both barrels of my shotgun and said, I want to want to go back home. I want to go back there. And um, that's where I want to be a head coach. Wow. Ticking off all those cities, though, you really saw a big part of what I would call college football America. Yeah, it was, you know, with not getting Texas was probably the big miss. I haven't coached in Texas or Florida, and I think I can do, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind retiring in one of those states, but I think I'll stay right here while I'm coaching. <laughs> Coach, I was fascinated to learn that you really encourage faith practice among your players. Now, Catholic University naturally is a Catholic university, but it doesn't mean that each of its students or its student athletes are Catholics. Yet you encourage praying on the rosary, you encourage mass attendance. Uh, it's fascinating. What, what sort of response do you get from your players? Um, you know, it's, I think, a really good response. Um, it's easy for me as the coach to say, you know, especially for a team mass prior to a home game or something like that, it's, it's just a requirement to go. But then the rest of the practice is more of an invitation to them. Um, and it's not one of my mandatory activities to come say the rosary with the head coach. But when I offer it out to guys, there's there's a lot of guys that haven't ever said a rosary, you know, and they're they're Catholic, but they've never sat down and done it. And and I think, you know, uh, there's a certain uh, stigma that it that's for, you know, old Italian grandmothers to go say the rosary. That's what you do. But it's but it's such a powerful weapon. And um you know, I'm almost getting emotional as I think about it. The first time I said a rosary with the guys, uh, you know, you're you're praying to our mother, to you know, the, to to our lady. And when you hear men, strong men who who like to compete, you know, pray and ask her to go to Jesus for us, man, like that's that's powerful stuff. It's got to be a very unifying experience too. You're you're always trying to keep these guys together and mutually supportive of one another. Football, like no other, te- like no other uh, team sport, really depends on all eleven of those guys doing what they need to do each assignment on each play. And so, praying that rosary together, I'm sure, keeps them very united. Coach, prudence, temperance, <laughs> fortitude, justice. I just ticked off the cardinal virtues, and obviously the Catholic University of America's mascot is the cardinal. Right. I heard that you really have chosen these four virtues, the cardinal virtues, as a way to instruct your men in becoming men of character. Explain, please. So each year going into training camp as a head coach, I try and sort of, um, I'll pick 
a, a theme or, or, or an area that I want to address in each team meeting during training camp. And a lot of it is, uh, on how to be, you know, how to develop your character and integrity and be, a, you know, a good player. And as I started thinking about it, like the cardinal virtues, like the reason they're cardinal virtues is because without them, you can't have other virtuous behavior. You know, you can't be virtuous without these four. And I thought, man, you know, a good team is made up of good teammates. And the best way to be a good teammate is to, you know, practice prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. And these are words that are not in the common lexicon of college students, you know? And when I was, when I started uh, working with the guys on this, even just saying prudence, you know, like the prudence, they're, I mean, they probably haven't heard that word 10 times in their lives, really. Um, and to explain to them what it really means, like how to choose good, how to choose the right thing, what's, how to make that choice. And, you know, obviously justice is, you know, giving those their due, like that makes that resonates, you know, and, and all of these things come into play when you talk about, you know, temper. Temperance, of course, is huge in college. It's not exactly um, a temperate time for many young men. And, and then the fortitude ties into football so well. So you have these cardinal virtues um, that, I, that I brought through a football lens to them. And then I hope that I was sowing seeds that as I tied it to why it's so important to who they are as men and believers and, you know, children of God, that if they can tangibly grab these virtues and and figure out how to apply them in their lives like now we're now you know now we're cooking with gas and um so I did that over a period of weeks with them. I wasn't able to do it as much this year because of the, with the, you know, the pandemic, things are very disjointed. We wound up playing football in the spring and some other things like that. So it wasn't quite as smooth, but uh, what I've decided is this is sort of an undercurrent of, that I want our guys to always know the cardinal virtues, like the cardinal meaning hinge and that, that everything hinges on the practice of these virtues. And, um, I, like it was funny to hear guys use the terms out on the field occasionally, and uh, especially you know I, I've given an example before. You get a guy who gets tackled, and maybe he gets tackled and shoved out of bounds, and he gets up, and you know you've got several virtues coming into play immediately there. Well, first of all, he has to use prudence to understand that he can't take his own action um, and be rash and get a penalty because the guy shoved him, you know, and so he's got to have some temperance to control that. And then he's going to, you know, have the fortitude to carry it out. And then I tell the guys, then you can go, you know, exact your justice later on the next play. (laughs) (laughs) So as long as you're between the whistles, um, but, you know, these like that resonates with them. And so then you can sort of pull back to a bigger picture. And, and football is so good at that as being a microcosm that will teach in a small, you know, he puts it into a test tube for you. And then you can move on from there because, you know, if you can make it through training camp and you can suffer a loss in football and you can do all these things that are that are hard. But you know what? They're nothing compared to the first time someone in your family is really sick or you lose a loved one or this, that. So, you know, just to have a mini training ground that's out on the field uh, has immense value. We're talking with Mike Gatilius. Mike is the head football coach of the Catholic University of America's Cardinal football team. Mike, 
you've decided to take your message to people in a new way. You've introduced a podcast, and uh, I've listened to a couple of, es- of episodes and been very impressed with it. What's the title of it, and how, what was its genesis? Uh, so, it, last name being Gatilius, it's just easier for the guys to call me Coach Gut. And and I in recruiting, I sort of tell them to call me that because they don't forget it. So, they'll know which coach is calling them. But uh, So, the podcast is called Trust Your Coach Gut. And one of my assistants came up with it. I, you know, as we were talking about um, in th- these guys, they my assistants hear me make my recruiting pitches to uh, – to the student athletes that we're trying to get to come to Catholic University of America. And when they hear me talk about, they hear me talk about like leadership and challenges and and um, championship behavior and working on their diplomas. And so like the, the message that they're hearing from me recruiting, one of them's like, coach, you need to do a podcast and put some of this down somewhere and talk, you know, and I was like, then that's a great idea. Not so much like that I think I have it figured out, but that I've read other people that have great ideas and that I could get guests to come on and we can talk about leadership and, and the common sense leadership, not just some sort of textbook version of it, but ha- what's the practical application of it? And to me, that the rest of the uh, sort of tagline was common sense leadership and how to do the right thing. Because like, that's the trick is like, how do you do the right thing? And if you're, if you're authentic and you're doing the right thing, you're- And we've been talking about his interaction with his players and his way of being able to encourage them both on and off the field in their uh, in their actions of competition as well as hopefully their actions as students and later on in life. But I want to turn to college football in general because I think it's important that we look at Catholic University in a unique way. Uh, college football has uh, 130 what I'll call Division One teams. These are the teams that we all know the name of, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, Oklahoma, USC. Um, I understand, Coach, that there's a there's another Catholic university somewhere out in South Bend, Indiana, that claims to have a football team, too. But right. these are the schools that we know and that we see every Saturday on the television set. They have scholarship athletes. They have students that are striving to win a place in professional football at some point at the end of their college careers. There's a subdivision of that, and then there's still another middle tier, and then comes Division Three football. Division Three football has something like, I think, Mike, 250 teams, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, that's right. That's you know, right. In our area, um, there's there's very few of these schools that we might recognize, but what's, what's most important is that these student-athletes are non-scholarship athletes. They are students that have chosen to walk on, if you will, and to play for a team out of love for the game and love for their school. And I'm so impressed with that because they realize that they are essentially at the end of their playing career when they're in college, that they are going to go on to some other pursuit. How is that significant, Mike, in the way that you approach leading these young men? Because although there are infrequent Division three players that will make it to the pros, by and large, these guys are going to say goodbye to football as they graduate. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I 
I would love to have a pipeline to the NFL. That would mean we've got a bunch of, you know, that level of players. But what we really have are guys that want, an, you know, an elite, great education and they want to keep playing. And they they realize you're right. They realize that when they're done here, you know, they're they're done with the helmet. They're done with the pads. There's no you know, rec league football to keep doing. You might play some rec league softball and things like that, but, you know, uh, football's over when you're done with your university here. And that's a different mentality for our guys coming in as opposed to, you're right, those FBS schools that that offer, you know, much more exposure and a chance to, to continue playing professionally at some level. Um, our, my guys are going professional in something else. You know, that's the NCAA tagline. They're going professional in, in something besides their sport. But it's true. You know, I mean, I've got 21 seniors this year. Um, a few guys are going to come back because of because of what we just went through with COVID. But um, this, we're really not built that way. Like, you know, they all have another year of eligibility based on what the NCAA has done, but they're not coming back because they're going pro in mechanical engineering. They're going pro in, you know, business marketing. They're going pro in finance. And they're about to go take the next step and, and become a professional in something besides football. But but one of the reasons they are here is because football is part of the experience. It's not the main reason. They come here for the degree, but man, they love it. And you're right. There's no money involved from the football side. They don't, they're paying to go to school and they could just not, you know, they could stop playing football at any point and their financial aid would never change. But these guys come out there every day and they grind and they run and they lift and they train. And, you know, we get in division three, you only get 10 regular season games is what you're allowed. And if you make the playoffs, that's great, but you're only guaranteed 10 opportunities. And so to work 365 days a year, you know, for essentially a possible 600 minutes of football is, you know, you better love it. You know, there's a fellow that coaches right down the road from you in Annapolis at uh, the Naval Academy, Ken Niamatololo. And I think about his athletes, and you know, these are guys that are in the Naval Academy. Obviously, they have a commitment to serve their, their nation in either the Marine Corps or the Navy afterwards. So they, too, have a very focused end to the football, but, but uh, they play with such passion. Um, tell me about Coach Niamatololo. Do you know him, and what is it about him that, uh, that inspires you, and what do you think uh, helps inspire his players? Right. I, you know, I, I don't know him uh, personally. Like, I, I, he and I have met, um, but we don't sort of run in the same circles. But he, he's so impressive because he's such a family man. Um, you know, and football's in football is obviously important to him. It's what he does. He's the head coach at the Naval Academy, but um, he, you know, his priorities I think are really right, and he runs the team that way and his staff that way. So he's just an impressive guy, and um, the players that come out of that program, I mean, they're pretty darn good, you know. Uh, but you're right; they're going to be, you know, they're coming out of that of the academy, and they're going to be, you know, either a marine or or a naval officer, and they're going to have a different existence than your average, uh, you know, you graduate from, from Clemson. Are there other coaches, are there other coaches who you admire or emulate? Uh, I really like John Harbaugh, who's not too far up the road. He's um, he, he's a guy that is, uh, you know, has written about why football is important. And, um, 
you know, I like his style very much so. Uh, Coach Rivera, who's just hired here in D.C. for the Washington football team, I haven't met him yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think he's got his head screwed on right. And, uh, it, you know, it's hard when you're at that level of, of the game. Um, there's so much... Uh, you're held to like you're out in the public so much more and those things it's really uh, I'm sure they have different temptations than I do uh, out there in the world you know I'm, I'm worried about my group group of guys here and we're definitely not high profile and then you see these guys at like at an academy where you really have to be uh, a man of virtue and you know and in the NFL I, I think that it's easy to step away from being a good true you know character-driven person, and uh, those are a couple guys I think really um, haven't let it get to them. You're listening to The Focus on Veritas Catholic Network. We're talking today with Coach Mike Gutilius of the Catholic University of America Cardinals football team. Coach, in your podcast, there was a quote that you mentioned that really struck me, and uh, I think you'll remember it, and I wonder if you'll comment on it. It was from Bishop Fulton Sheen. If you don't behave as you believe, you will end up believing as you behave. Yeah, you know, I, man, I love Fulton Sheen. And I, you know, I, I still will, sometimes EWTN will, will run the uh, Life is Worth Living shows and watch him do it. But he's had such a turn of phrase. But that one, especially, I think is so uh, poignant now for, for where we are in our, in our culture and our society that, you know, we're, we're like a cork on the ocean as a culture, whatever, which way the wave is flopping up and down, we're letting it bounce us around as opposed to being, you know, a vessel that has a compass and aims and, and says, this is my destination. And, uh, if you take the time to define what's important to you and you know, your values, you can then make principled decisions, intentional decisions. And, um, Without knowing what you believe, it's really hard to be intentional. You just can't. And so you wind up finding yourself in a situation and you have uh, your friends want to do something and you're like, yeah, well, I don't know why I wouldn't do that. I'll go do that because either you should or you shouldn't, but you should at least have a, a rudder that can tell you when you're getting off course. Coach, you mentioned a little while ago, uh, COVID, you know, we've all been uh, for more than a year now uh, dealing with not only the virus, but all of the restrictions and the, uh, the, the changes in our society that have come about. You mentioned that your program was um, the, the season actually happened in the spring as opposed to in the fall as it customarily does. In, in a sense, I'm very happy for the seniors in particular that had an opportunity to play. But what experience have you felt during COVID and, and what kind of uh, struggles have the players have? What adjustments have you had to make in leading a team of men during this time of, uh, of frustration? Uh, well, I think like everyone else, we've we've had to find ways to connect that are not in person. So uh, the Zoom meetings and things like that, that was was very functional. I mean, at, even even as we started practicing again, we didn't have install meetings like you typically will, where you put the offensive line in a room and you get on the board and you play some video and you know and show some things. Instead, we had to do that all virtually, and um, it was very functional. And it was you know that is something that may carry over in certain cases if a guy can't get down for a meeting to the athletic center, maybe he can, you know, zoom into the meeting and, um, and still get the material he needs. 
But man, there's something lost when, I mean, so much of what makes a good football program is the locker room and the, you know, the, the temperament in the, in the locker room and the way guys treat each other and that interaction. And those are the things that I remember about playing was, you know, just joking around with the fellas in the locker room and, and, and in a, you know, such a positive way. And, and the, interacting as humans. And so, you know, a locker room is a, is a, a Petri ditch dish as it is, you know, so you, you got all these guys in a smaller room and you don't need to do that um, during a time of a pandemic. So that was not an option. Our guys really lost out on that. And so we've really worked hard at trying to make sure that they spend time with each other in other ways, in safe ways. And so I'm so excited to see things turn and I think the right way here. And, and shortly we're looking forward to a much more traditional fall season for us. And um, there's we're not the only program feeling it. There is a real strong drive for everyone to um, to dig back in and, and, and really just just relish the joys that we uh, have kind of been missing for this last year. Oh, I know. I know you're right. Conditions are starting to improve here too in Connecticut and New York, and we're hoping for a return to normal. But Mike, as that opportunity approaches, coach us up. Uh, you know, you, you're talking about uh, being in the locker room, being on the sideline. Uh, what have you got for our listeners? What advice can you give us as we come out of this pandemic? Uh Gosh, I think for me that like in talking to the guys on the team and their families and, and um, you know, seeing what what we really need. I think what we need is like active participation back in the sacramental life. Like I want to see everybody getting back into church. I want to get these guys to confession. I want, you know, I want them to like, we you know, pray the rosary together again in a room and uh, do those things. I, th- I think that is will be the, the the sort of the bomb and the solve that'll help us um, come through this with such a positive way once we can dive back in with a I know for me a, a greater appreciation to go to mass and hear people singing <laughs> inside you know uh, like I sang at mass for- this week it was great oh that's awesome yeah so I, I yeah. there you have it folks there's the coach's advice we need to get back into our practice of the sacraments and get back to mass unite with people of faith we need to um, get re-engaged it's been difficult we've been away from mass we've been away from the sacraments uh, outside perhaps a, a virtual opportunity and now as we've reached this uh, opportunity that we can come back together let's do it let's do it with fervor let's be um, courageous as we go back to mass invite others to there's going to be some people naturally that have a little bit of caution in doing so but uh, be not afraid be not afraid let's go back to mass let's go back to the sacraments and uh, rekindle that life of faith that uh, has been put on hold by the pandemic we've been talking today with Mike Gutilius the head football coach of the Catholic University of America what a great school and what a great opportunity moms dads for your students to go and play football coach I've got to believe that there's some people out there that are eager to learn more about your program how can they get in touch with you and I imagine you must recruit this area yeah, absolutely yeah and we have a couple current players from from that area um you, 
the easiest way is, is on our website. If you go to catholicathletics.com and uh, go to the football coaches page, my email's right there, but it's easy. It's my last name. It's just Gatilius at cua.edu. Um, or they can give me a call. My phone number's right on the, you know, the desk phone's right on that website. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Coach Mike Gut. Um, that's another great way for recruiting. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear from anybody who's interested. You know, we, we, um, we want as many guys who want to play and get a great education as we can get. Absolutely. Coach, I'm very grateful for your being with us today, and I want to thank all of our listeners. Remind you, please, tune in every Friday at 1230 Eastern Time on 1350 AM in Connecticut and New York, or online at VeritasCatholic.com, or, of course, on the Veritas Catholic Network app. Thanks to Steve Lee and my producer, Nick Carty, my studio engineer, Mike Loin. May you be blessed in every way, every day. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, There was a lot of me talking in that and not, not a ton of leadership stuff, but I hope you got something from it. Um, I encourage you to follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it, whether it's Apple or, um, you know, on, on other platforms. Please uh, subscribe or follow so we can get you the updates when these new episodes come out. Uh, one thing I was thinking about as I was listening to that, I sound like I'm about to have a heart attack every time I take a breath in. I don't know what was up with the mic that day. I've got to figure, I got to get like a real studio so I can make this sound like I'm not going to drop dead from, <laughs> from uh, heart issues. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if it annoyed you, but I, I'm always annoyed listening to myself and then hearing me breathe like that was, uh, was made it tough to listen to. So I hope you got something from it. Peter's a great guy and uh, he does good work, does good work up there in Connecticut. So um Thanks again for listening, and remember, trust your coach gut.